I'm Amy. Hey, I'm Erica. Sorry we missed you at happy hour this week. Oh yeah, you weren't there. Bummer. But no worries, we've got you covered. Yeah, we're rewinding this week's happy hour chat. The dish on pop culture. True crime. Hot topics in the news. And of course, podcasts. So, pour yourself a glass and... Cheers! You're listening to Happy Hour Rewind. Hey everybody, welcome back. I am one of your hosts, Erica. With me is Amy and this is... Happy, happy Hour Rewind. Happy, happy Hour Rewind Day. First and foremost, everybody, I want to apologize if I sound a little off or you can't understand all of my words. I am day seven of quite the cold, and I just want to get that out there. <laughs> you know, when I was an actor in training yes. in my college days, they we did so many audition drills, uh-huh. and they would always say, come in the room and come in strong. It doesn't matter that you're <laughs> sick. They don't want to know about it. You come in and you sing and you tell your agent if they say anything to them, <laughs> then okay. the agent can say you're so sick. So can I try again? Yeah, sure. Okay. Hi, I'm Erica Jarvis, and I'm auditioning for the part of podcast host. I'm not sick. Thank you. I Next. don't have a co- – oh, okay. <laughs> but I had brought my own rendition of The Sun Will Come Out Tomorrow from the musical Annie. That will be all. Okay. Don't call us. We'll call Should you. Should I leave my resume? And headshot? That will be all. <laughs> okay, well, I'm glad I didn't get cast in my own show. That's sad. Good news, we don't have agents, producers, a production company. Oh, yeah, we don't have any of those things. And we live, are the production company. You live here, so I can't really throw you out. So no. welcome to Happy Hour Rewind with Amy. <laughs> you, may, you may be hearing Erica for about the next hour. I can't do anything about it. No, because this is my computer. And <laughs> I look forward that. to the show you create. You are the producer. <laughs> that is just you alone in your room talking to yourself for an hour. And you know <laughs> that that's how I believe they should treat Rudy Giuliani. Yes. That, you know, he goes on TV and says asinine things, but I really, truly believe if they gave him a talk boy, you know, the one from Home Alone and Home Alone 2. Lost in New York. Lost in New York. (laughs) If you just put him in a corner with a heavy blanket and a warm milk (laughs) and just let him shout into that talk boy, I think American politics would see a difference. I don't know. This is the same man that butt dialed a reporter and left a three minute voicemail. (laughs) That may have happened. See, old people and electronics we'll get into later. But in the meantime, you guys, we're so sorry that we missed last week. I think you might know why. <laughs> we had we had life difficulties. Yes. Do you want to say, I mean, Erica was sick. And so not having a voice was like a technical difficulty. Total technical difficulty and really detriment to wanting to podcast when I sounded grovelly. Like I was on my like ninth pack of cigarettes for the day, <laughs> hacking up a lung. It was pretty it was something else well we did have a makeup day scheduled we were going to record thursday night and then i had just one of those things that happens to amy may randolph (laughs) at times in her life where just a comedy of errors yeah uh, with my vehicle, you know, it starts with one thing, an overheated engine. It turns into, you know, Amy, always Johnny on the spot with everything, locks her keys in a car, calls a locksmith for the first time in my life, I Crazy. will say. Um, uh, yeah, it was this whole thing. I got out of it by myself. You did. I was so the, proud of you. By the time I got home, all I wanted to do was intravenously eject <laughs> wine into my body as quickly as I could. So podcasting. You know, while I sip a wine while we podcast. Of course. Getting a show together was not in the cards. And then the weekend came. And so we're so sorry, guys. We missed a week. Yes, we do apologize. You know, it really, I did kick it off. It was my fault. I actually was on vacation and I did a thing. You did. For the first time in a decade, I got to go back to Penn State. I've talked about 
going there a thousand times on this show. What? What? But I got an invite with some friends to head up and go to the Penn State Michigan game. Saturday night night game on ABC, ESPN's game day. I mean, town was crowded. It was awesome. So great to go back to your college. And like everything just feels the same again. You see the same pathway. You're like, oh, I took that path every Tuesday, Thursday on my way to like, you know, journalism 101. <laughs> um, but I also got a wonderful souvenir of a cold from yeah. one of my girlfriends who, when you spend 12 hours in a car with somebody doing a mini road trip and they're sneezing and sniffling, you're not getting out of it alive. No, that recycled air. It's worse <laughs> than an airplane when you're trapped in that confined space. Oh, exactly. Even closer than an airplane with, you know, 200 of your closest friends. Yeah. And I had been on such a good ride lately. I used to, for years, every time I would go on a plane, come home sick after oh, a vacation. I know. And I don't know if it was the fact that I was going on vacation and then, like, taking it hard and, like, not sleeping and drinking and just already putting myself in, like, my immune system was like I really already want to shot. Make a sex joke about taking it hard. <laughs> Sorry, I'm gonna dial that back. I mean, your mother listens to this show. Um, she knows who I am. <laughs> but I've been really good like the last year. Every trip I come back and I'm healthy. Yeah. And this time around, you and my mom both were like, "You got sick again." I was like, "It's been a year. I did so good. Can we celebrate that?" Like I said, three times out of ten, it's a thirty percent. <laughs> it's a solid so, pat. It's not failing. great. It's it was a total failing. Failing grade. Oh my god. And then, of course, you have to go back into work and be like, hey, sorry that I took three days off and then two days off for being sick. I'm not – if I wanted the full week, I would have taken it. Don't worry. <laughs> I'm not scamming you I guys. had to, like, keep groveling to my own boss. I'm like, I'm so sorry. And Life he was like, hard. you sounded like crap on a phone call the other day. Nobody <laughs> wanted to see your face. I was like, I didn't want to see my face. <laughs> Nobody wanted to see your face is awful harsh from in the workplace. Like, nobody wanted to see your face in the office sick. And, of course, I sit next to this woman who's, like, seven months pregnant. And every time I sneeze, she, like, death glares me. And I'm like, I'm sneezing in the other way. I'm on the other side of the cold. How do you convince somebody, like, like, I'm not infectious? You're sneezing for two at her. (laughs) One day last week, I was like, I think I'm going to head out early. And, like, barely before I finish the sentence, she's like, okay. Goodbye. Bye. She's, like, packing my bag for me. Goodbye. Hi. You germ. Seriously. Um, all right. Well, we have more to catch you guys up on mm-hmm. and what we've been doing, but I think we need to wet our whistles here real quick before Erica starts coughing. So let's skip ahead to drink of the week. Cheers. Cheers, my friend. What are you having? Well, Amy, for this week's happy hour, I am partaking in one of my favorite Sauvignon Blancs, mm-hmm. Matua. Oh, yes. And what I like the most about it, not only is it delicious, but it's like Coors. The beer, you know how when the mountains turn blue and you know it's ready to drink, they have a tiny little snowflake on the label. And it's like when we turn blue, we're ready to drink. Um, Hello. I know. That's fantastic. Thank you. Sorry to stop and take a... Your own sip? A sip. Of what? Of Baron Fini, Italian Pinot Grigio. Buongiorno. Buongiorno. We'll talk about Italy later (laughs) as well. We've got a jam-packed show. Um, This is one of those wines that, like, it's not crazy expensive. It's like a $12 bottle, but at the Publix today, it was on sale for $2, plus it had a $1 coupe on Uh the neck. So I was like, that is my drink of the week. Nice. You know what? When I was back at Penn State, my friend Rachel, who was on the show almost two years ago, yeah. we were talking about when you're in college, you know, you see like what looks like a nice restaurant and you're like, oh, I could never eat at like the Allen Street Grill. 
and you're like, it's just so expensive. And then it comes to find oh, out. Oh, my God. It's you like, get a career. You get a career and you find out, like, the brunch buffet was, like, all you can eat for, like, nine ninety nine. I was like, I have nine ninety nine. And <laughs> sure we were did. like, you know, maybe if we had thought things through and weren't interested in just, like, getting slammed drunk and having, like, nice drinks, maybe we could have understood. Potentially. <laughs> maybe I would have known wine better before leaving college. <laughs> yeah. I told you, I, I never really learned about wine until I worked at the Olive Garden. Yeah. My senior year of college. And then I was like, oh, this shit's good <laughs> things went downhill from you there guys, but... Amy has so many delightful insider dishes I know, on it's, the it's Olive like, Garden it's company proprietary information you don't work there I, I share it with you <laughs> on the outside but I don't need the Darden industry coming for me I know but I still think it's so fascinating to learn those things having been in the restaurant industry myself yes happy to share all of no. the stuff from like the steakhouses I worked at. They do have some weird rules. You know what? DM me at I'm Amy Randolph <laughs> on Insta and Twitter and yeah. I'll give you tea. Get the Olive Garden dish, y'all. There are such strict rules about breadsticks. You guys <laughs> that's, would that's be. That's what I'm talking about. You guys would be amazed yeah, at the breadstick rules. will help you get your carb load on. No worries. <laughs> well, Speaking of carbs, I'm off the carbs right now. You are. How's that going? Uh, day one. Day one, I'm drinking wine, so I don't know how great it's going. Like zero carbs or? You're managing carbs. Managing. Yes. Oh, yeah. I have the same carb app. It's going to do a lot to my mac and cheese habit. I hope. Decimate it. It needs to. <laughs> Something needs to happen. I'm not an alcoholic. I'm a mac and cheeseaholic. You are. Love Anytime it. we're in a restaurant and we see mac and cheese on the menu, Amy like closes up and you're like, I know what I'm getting. <laughs> Fuck a salad. It's mac and cheese day, bitches. Seriously. No. Okay. We do have other things to catch up on. Yeah. So. One is, today is October 30th. It is. So about two weekish ago, we, you know, didn't get to pod last week, so we yeah. didn't get to celebrate, but let's cheers one more time. Yes. To the fact that our two-year anniversary yes. has Happy passed. birthday, us. Happy birthday. You know, we have, as Amy and Erica, best friends and podcast duo, been at this for two years now. That's insane. It is. Like, it's so crazy. Tonight, when I was leaving work, my team was... um doing an after work event that I couldn't attend. It was like voluntary. But as I was heading out, a couple of people were like, good luck with the show tonight. And I was like, Aww. oh, yay. Like, because I just sweet. was like, oh, I've got a conflict. I can't make it. And they're like, oh, no, no big deal. And then the couple of people were like, all right, well, good luck recording. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, my gosh, you guys know. Thank you so much. Tuesday's And if you're day. new to Happy Hour Rewind, nay, Podcast Rewind, welcome. We've got two years worth of shows. We'd love for you to go back and listen, learn more about us. Absolutely. And all of the crazy things we decide to talk about on the microphone. Yeah, and this, you know, this show's been through a lot. We've been finding our way, the groove that we're in right now, I'm so excited about. Um, uh, It's our third show is Happy Hour Rewind. And it's our first show with my brand new computer. It is. And we had to reconfigure some microphones tonight. Took us a minute, but that Took a hot second. God bless the Google. Thank God. What do we do before Google? We just called our dads. Ask Jeeves. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Called my dad for everything. For sure. I mean, another big thing happened in our lives in the last week. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, And mm -hmm. first and foremost, I don't feel bad about it. Don't come for us. Do not come for me. Second, studies show that people who even listen to Christmas music prior to the holidays are happier. Why? Because they're doing one of their favorite things and one of our favorite things to do here at Happy Hour Rewind is hit that season hard and early. We put up Christmas. Yay! Are we, you know, if you're new, hi, we live together <laughs> and we have fully decorated our home in Christmas. It's so great. We did one of our very favorite things, yes. which is go to brunch, get yeah. half lit. <laughs> yes. Not too much that we can't drive, just no. a little tips a 
hit up the Christmas stores and just buy a bunch of shit. We picked a new theme for uh, Christmas that's this the year. Best. Do you want to say what it is? It was your yes, idea. It's like rustic buffalo plaid. It's my favorite. <laughs> it's it's, it's red and black plaid. It's you know. Um, not Berber, that's a carpet. Burlap. Yes. It's very lumberjack. It's very lumberjack. I'm most certainly looking for a six foot three man with a, a little bit of a scruff who He can lumber my jack. Oh, yep. <laughs> I'll climb him like a tree. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> my friend Ashley and I were always like, I just want to meet a guy that can like build me a table and then, you know, fuck me on. Do me on. Like, <laughs> Really hope my parents aren't build listening. Build me a table and bend me over it, please. <laughs> I'm so sorry, Mom. <laughs> if you look like the brawny man, so be it. I won't be upset. So anyway, I think I'm attempting to manifest that in my life with our new Christmas decorations. And yes. it just is joyful. There's nothing better it's than the, a, the Christmas tree being lit and then the glow. Yes. Then if it's your house, your apartment, your condo, your, you know, whatever you've got. It's so lovely and it's heartwarming and it makes me happy and what's great is that you also agree with celebrating this season early yeah it would be so weird if you were like not till thanksgiving i'd be like we have to move i have to find a new roommate well and i was especially into it this year so i purchased a new christmas tree for our dwelling um and i had to because the podcasts (laughs) i have two cats i love them dearly but they destroyed our old christmas tree yeah just especially the baby she just decimated it and you know i you know, we've had just like the basic plug it in the wall and light it up Christmas tree for years. Yeah. And, you know, we decorate it and love it. But, you know, it was nothing special. And, you know, so I bought a new tree this year. Again, it's not, it is not the $800 tree that I wanted. <laughs> that you were lusting after. That I was drooling after for the last couple of months. But I did research I, last weekend while you were away at your Penn State trip. Uh-huh. I took myself all over Central Florida, really shopping for just the right perfect tree. Yeah. And, you know, saved up my money mm-hmm. <laughs> like, bought it with, you know, my rebate card yep. and uh, my rewards card, I should say. And, so, like, it just feels so good to have, like, you know, the center point of Christmas of yeah. any home, of course, is the tree. Absolutely. To have a new fun one. It's got all these different light functions. So it's I take a remote control. I, yeah, I take the remote control around with me. And every 20 <laughs> minutes or so, I change it up. And Erica's like, okay, we're doing this now. I'm like, yes. And it's my tree, my rules. <laughs> Yeah, but I'm totally on board with it. Like, know, doesn't bother me a little bit. At you know, here in Florida and with the theme parks here in Orlando, Halloween starts in mid August. August, yeah. So yeah, before Halloween starts, I'm ready for it to be over and done with, and mm-hmm. to get on with Christmas. And of course, we posted everything on our Instagram, our personal accounts, we'll and get it instantly on the happy people were in my DMs of like, well, "What about Thanksgiving?" I was like, "What about it?" <laughs> And they're like, well, it's still coming. I'm like, it's happening. Halloween has to happen first. Are you not letting Halloween happen? Like, and I can multitask. I can. And I have to, by the way. Thank you. know you. why? Thank you. You know why I have to multitask? Why? Because Thanksgiving is also my parents' 38th anniversary uh-huh. on the same day. Christmas Eve is my dad's birthday. So Christmas is always like a dual day. Thanksgiving every couple of years pops up as my parents' anniversary. I can multitask a holiday like no one's business. So Get a tree up and but let I, me be happy. I also just feel like 
I don't really think it takes away from the fun of Halloween to no. have my Christmas tree up no. right now. We don't get trick or treaters, so like, what we does don't. It matter? We also hate Halloween. Go yeah. back to last year's podcast rewind show called Halloweenies. Yeah, if you really want our thoughts on Halloween. But you know, Thanksgiving, honest to God, I love that holiday. Yeah. But by celebrating Christmas in late October, <laughs> I don't feel at all like I have bypassed Thanksgiving. No. I'm still going to eat a whole lot of turkey. And I love shit. Thanksgiving and mac and cheese. When I you're... will break my carb rule on Thanksgiving <laughs> for some to. mac. You have to, and some mashed potatoes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, and we're not even really doing Thanksgiving food in my house this year. We're you going full that. Mediterranean, and I'm so excited. Just. You know, we've all had the turkey for so many years. Give me some lamb kefta. Give me a falafel. Give Has- me <laughs> Hashtag thankful my way. Yeah. Give me some hummus and naan bread. Like, up off my Just ass. Just like Burger King says, have it your way. Yeah, I will have it my way. And it's going to be great. And I'm going to have fun. I'll be thankful with uh, I'm with my family and drunk. Fantastic. You know what is so funny? We are 16 minutes into this show. And I would uh, – sorry, I just totally usurped your topic – but I was thinking it's time that we talk about our shots of the week. If Perfect. We... So keep going. What you got? <laughs> so sorry. <laughs> Go. Um, well, and but I was thinking that it's funny because we've basically shot our shot about 10 times now. But I have more things to say yeah. about us. Um, okay. So my obsession or my shot of the week is that I'm listening to an audiobook that I cannot get enough of. Yeah. And I will sidebar quick and say it's just a joy to listen to an audible again. Uh-huh. I haven't been listening to audiobooks in like probably well over a year now because I've been kind of so obsessed with podcasts yeah. that I haven't taken the time to sit and listen to a full audiobook. Uh-huh. But I'm listening to this really fascinating one called Disney War. Mm-hmm. And it's not new. It was written in 2005. Yeah. But it's basically all about the heyday of the 90s of Disney, the reawakening under the leadership of Michael Eisner. And like just now in the book, Jeffrey Katzenberg has left the company and they're just now acquiring ABC and you're starting to learn about Bob Iger. Dreamboat. You know, hello, Bobby. (laughs) Uh, But yeah, no, I, I cannot get enough of it. Like if you are interested in like a corporate insider. Yeah about like America's most beloved entertainment company, Disney War, read it or listen to it. I'm having so much fun and just like, you know, clutching my pearls over this yeah, book and like I have, the shit that goes down. I have a handful of friends that have read it and speak so highly of it. And then to go along with that, I've been reading Bob Iger's A Ride of a Lifetime. And yeah, his I want to do that amazing. I feel like you're just on this whole like Bob Iger high. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And just like keep going with as much as possible. I listened to his Super Soul Sunday with Oprah. And then I was like, I've got to go get his book. Like you kind of get sucked into a vortex of a topic and you just don't want to let it go for a while. Yes, exactly. And that's what I love about an audio book is, you know, I love podcasts, but they're – unless it's a seriotic one – I think I made that word up, you know. <laughs> I don't um, think it Merriam-Webster did. But, you know, you get it for the eight or nine, 12 episodes that it is. Yeah. But an audiobook you can live with for a few weeks. Oh, my God. Sometimes they're like 45 hours. And you're exactly. like, how long would it take me to read this? This one is 25 hours. I started it last weekend, and I'm only into hour nine. So okay. I probably have about another week and a half to go. Yeah. Nice. Yes. And so would you like to tell me what your shot of the week is? Yeah. I got a shot yesterday, <laughs> like a legit shot. Like so with a needle. With a needle. Um, guys, I have plantar fasciitis and it mm. sucks. Yeah, she's been having a tough oh go with God. this. It hurts so fucking bad. So I went and finally sucked it up and went to the podiatrist. 
fun. Dr. Toodle. Hilarious. Literally left work yesterday. I was like, be right back. Going to see the Toodles. And like, scooted Uh, out of work. You really missed an opportunity with Toodles. Toodles. Well, of course. Everyone then after I left, we're all like, Toodles. I was like, ta-ta for now. Like, (laughs) I wanted to like volley the joke. I I shouldn't take everything. Oh, sharing is caring. Yeah, it really is. So, um... I went when I was at Penn State. Kind of think I walked like twenty six thousand steps or something like that one day. My foot was on fire, and mm-hmm. I was just like, Girl. "Do I live like this now?" I know plenty of people who have had plantar fasciitis, and of course, I'm online like WebMD and like, what can I do on my own? Stretching, and I bought like a splint from Amazon to sleep in at night to keep my foot stretched. Seeing the hideous orthopedic shoes, and I was like, I can't go that route. Ooh, tough sell. So Toodles put this massive needle into my foot yesterday and it hurt like a mother but um i think we're uh we're gonna get over this hump i think we're gonna cure this plantar fasciitis and get back to wearing my flats without arches in them and my (laughs) shitty sandals and all of that fudness but i was like wow a needle in the foot is no joke my mom was like you need to get that fixed before you have to have surgery and like that's i was like oh Foot surgery it takes like months to recover from. I will go take care of it. So yeah, I got an actual shot. I figured it's like I told you, you know, like I'm not wheeling you in a wheelchair up the flight of stairs to our apartment. Right, so I know. I'm gonna need you not to have <laughs> surgery. Seriously. <laughs> or you know, you have to live somewhere else for a while. Great, fantastic. A podcast elsewhere. Okay. So, should we hit up all of the happy hour topics? Yes, we have so much. We have two weeks worth of happy hour topics. Belly up to the bar. Come with us. We had to be selective over our our boozy, bodacious, botanical topics of conversation. So I was really trying to find a B word that meant talking. That wasn't great. (sighs) You know, you try try a thing. Would you say you bumbled along (laughs) trying to find the words? I bumbled, that's for sure. (laughs) Bit it, biffed. Um, okay, well, speaking of B words. Yes. What's our favorite B word in the entire world? Bravo. Bravo. So you guys, some like three major Bravo things went down this week. And yes. we're sorry. We were in the last two. We got to talk about you it. You have to talk about it. I mean, Bravo television and reality TV is no longer its own subset. It is on the cover of Us Weekly. It's in People Magazine. It's just... Reality now. It's not normally reality. It's not necessarily reality TV. It's our reality. They're celebrities. I honestly can't feel like it's a spectator sport. Well, like, and honey, nobody's got season tickets the way you do. <laughs> well, that's what I. That's exactly what yeah. I was saying, though. You know, you can watch it and enjoy it here and there. Like, I really like football, but you know, I'm not into the stats. I'm not mm-hmm. into you know. I don't play fantasy league. You know, but when I sit down, I really enjoy it. I think you could do that with reality TV or The Housewives specifically. Yeah. Or you can invest your time and potentially even your money into being into like the down low of it all and getting like the full enrichment out of this like spectator thing that you take part of. So, you know, you and I are pretty hardcore on the Bravo. Yes. I have my 90 day life on the side. But okay, where do you want to start? Do you want to start Joe and Teresa? I think we got to go with the big guns. Okay. You want to explain? So we've got Joe and Teresa Giudice from The Real Housewives. Or Giudice. We're still in the air. New Jersey. Well, they were Joe and Teresa Giudice when they started on the show. They got a little popular and they're like, oh, by the way, we're super Italian. Giudice. Giudice. And if you have paid attention in the reality TV world in the last, God, six years. Yeah. Joe and Teresa got in some 
massive legal issues. Long story short, jail for everybody. Yes. Accounting errors. Sure. Sure. Um, let's just say, like, they knew Joe knew what he was doing. I think Teresa blindly signed a handful of papers that just kind of got her in trouble as well. She was backing up her husband and she went to jail for almost a year, about yeah. 11 months. She went first because the big issue was that Joe was actually born in Italy and never really got naturalized and doesn't have an American passport or citizenship. So he has to go home at the end of his well, you know, Joe, Joe is essentially a dreamer, if you will. His parents brought him over when he was a child. So yeah. he didn't decide to live in America illegally, but, um, you know, never did get around to naturalizing, like you just said, and just had this arrogance about mm-hmm. him that it's fine. He just belongs here. Then when he got into legal trouble, they were like, hi, so you're a felon now and we're deporting you. Hi, you don't live here and you broke our laws. Is basically... so. So essentially what's happening, like long story short, Joe's prison sentence did get done in March of this year, but because the com- or the, the government intended on deporting him and he appealed that decision, he had been living in an ICE detention center for, you know, several months. He's probably the most famous ICE detention center, you know, uh, attendee, you know, ever mm-hmm. because because he's... Uh, of a certain race and has a certain financial status you know like all these people make news about it basically I'm saying like we need to make a lot more news about the rest of it still but but going back to the fun of Bravo going back to the fun of Bravo he finally struck this deal where okay fine send me back to Italy to await my appeal rather than to keep me in the deportation center or the in the ice center so This husband and wife have been separated essentially for five years at this point. She has continued to be on the show. He's now living kind of as a free man in Italy. But they have four daughters together who are all still minors living at home. Yeah, also being shown on On the the Royal Housewives of New Jersey. And in a brilliant move by, you know, Queen Andy Cohen, he did a sit-down with Teresa and Joe that aired on Sunday. And with... What I think might have been one of the best satellite interviews, because Joe is in Italy, like Fantastic. you mentioned, and they're in the clubhouse in like the West Village, New York, and there barely felt like there was a delay. It was great it, yeah, quality. Right. Everything was wonderful. And so it was a true sit down for the first time, them to tell their side of their story, talk about their lives, what's going on, what to expect, because they're still on the show. And it was just like truth bombs left and right, that it was hitting a variety of different news outlets, this huge Watch What Happens episode. And here's the thing. If you've ever watched the show, like, I don't want to hash it all out. Like, go back and watch it if you want to know what we're talking about. But Joe is notoriously a mouth of a sailor, completely arrogant, self-involved, has clearly cheated on his wife. Yeah, did it on air. Or exactly on the show. When he got taken down for his embezzlement or tax fraud, whatever it was, it was a surprise to nobody. And then Teresa is one of those – well, you know, when we met her on the TV show, she was, you know, the devoted Jersey ride or die yep. housewife. And she's changed a lot by having her own celebrity. So seeing these two people that are not the two people we knew in 2009, yeah. but still just as fucking arrogant and careless and inarticulate well, yes. uh, as ever. Teresa's is, never been one with the words. 
a hilarious no dumpster gab. fire. Yeah. yeah, not the gift of gab. But there were just so many different bombshells that they were like dropping left and right yes. during the show. I mean, at one point in time, you kind of hear Teresa and Joe talk really poorly of another housewife, Caroline, from their season from a few years back. And the Manzo of it all. Caroline and Manzo that they think, you know, she might have been the rat that got them like busted and they're the reason that the housewives are so popular. They're the best thing that ever happened to Andy Cohen. It was all of these things left and right that like you were watching and I was cooking dinner Mm -hmm. and we both just could be like, huh? Whoa. Whoa. Oh, no. But the hilarious part of bringing Caroline into it was they played this old clip yeah. from years ago on the show where Caroline is in her confessional and she goes, you know, I think one day, I'm doing a terrible jersey. Oh, I'm not going to stop it. Uh, she says, I, you know, I think one day something bad is going to happen and someone's going to have to go away and Teresa's going to have to figure out how to live her own life. And like, fucking shit. That, that happened. Ha- that came true. Yes. That came true. And so like other revelations were they both accuse each other of cheating. Oh, totally. 100%. And no, we, also, they both did. They Well, yeah. we all know Joe did. I don't know. Teresa is very, like, family-focused and Catholic. But then there's this other side of her that she's a little drunk on her own fame. So I can't decide yeah. if she did or not. What do you think? I do think that she has cheated. I think that she has changed so much. Yeah. You find out that, you know, she had no regrets going to jail originally. Because she had to go first because Joe was going to get deported afterwards. So as soon as – Well, and nicely, that they could have gone at the same time, but the judge yes. actually did a really kind thing for their daughters. Yeah, and allowed and one parent be home at a time. Yeah, deferred Joe's sentence. So Teresa went to jail. Joe got to parent the girls. Then they switched. Yeah, so um, I think that what – you know, she mentioned how she had no regrets going to prison, but the main issue that she had once she got out is that her mother died only – a month after she came Carl, home from which prison, which is so tragic. And realizing that she so lost sad. 11 months, you know, of her mom's life and she was in prison, that's kind of when things changed for her. And I think that that's when she woke up and took her blinders off. And I think that I'm not entirely sure she's smart enough to cheat and have a full relationship, but I would believe that she's probably, she's had some sex. She did the sex? She did the sex, as Snooki and the crew I, would say. I bet she didn't do the sex. I bet that she has been hand-holding, sex, hand-holding sexting, necking, going on vacations with these guys. Because she keeps getting video or, you know, videoed and photographed on beaches with guys in kind of awkward positions. But, you know, I am going to bet Teresa didn't do the sex. And, like, that's her one thing between her and God and her mother who's watching her uh-huh, that she true. hasn't done. I, I kind of do think that. Okay. But that's me. I bet that's my opinion on it. Yeah. Well, they're not the only Bravo celebrities that people are questioning about whether or not they had the sex. Over <laughs> on the other coast, the West Coast, we've got Megan King Edmonds and Jim Edmonds, a former St. Louis Cardinal baseball player. He's not still playing, right? He old. Uh, no, but he is on uh, the management staff of got the team. It. Okay, and she is a former housewife herself. The show fired her a while ago from Orange County. From Orange County, yeah, 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 yeah. Getting there, girl. Sorry, I was sorry, sorry, sorry. <laughs> okay. So, um, I was they, just trying to come along with you. So they had some major drama in the last couple of months. There has been some serious infidelity thrown around and blog posts. From Megan that have just mm. been super cryptic and raw Instagram photos of like not wearing makeup and just being like, I'm so raw, I'm who I am. 
And this week, major stuff was coming out. Yeah. So, okay. I read some more stuff today with the daughter. I'll get there in a second. So, like, a couple months ago, this thing came out and they both agreed that he was sexting a woman inappropriately. Mm -hmm. Then, I'm still watching OC, which is currently running, and you're not. She randomly showed up on the show for somebody's birthday party. And it was so clearly her trying to, like, drum up sympathy for herself in the situation. So then more tea came out this week that she is accusing him of sleeping with their nanny. Yep. Nanny Carly. Nanny Carly, which he's vehemently denying. Yeah. So you and I were talking about this last night in one of our regular happy hour talks. Yes. Um, So I was like, yeah, okay. I'm just putting this together right now, though, that I remember when Megan was still on the show, she had their first baby And she brought a nanny from St. Louis to come live with her, and it was her cousin. Because Megan and Jim are both from St. Louis. Yes. They were living in OC for unknown reasons, because he was still working for St. Louis the whole time. I don't know, maybe because Andy Cohen wanted to put them on the show, that they bought a house in Probably. I really don't know. But she had this baby that she went through IVF on the show for that, you know, at least the way it was edited on the show, Jim never wanted to have more children. He already has three or four grown children with his two previous ex-wives. Yes. And, you know, didn't want – but Megan is much younger than him and wanted biological children. Yeah. Anyway, um, she finally does have a daughter with him. And then the nanny, I remember her saying it was the cousin. Her cousin. Yeah. So I was reading up on it today – and this is where the daughter, his older daughter comes uh-huh. in, is th- he and his older daughter are like, this is so disgusting. Carly, the nanny, was a part of our family. Yeah. Megan and Jim treated her like a daughter. And so Jim is saying, like, to accuse me of sleeping with her is so disgusting and uh-huh. vile and completely, you know. She's young. Yeah, she she is young. So – and now I think back to the show and that she does kind of look like Megan, a pretty tall, brown-eyed, blonde woman. So maybe they just said she's a cousin or maybe they said she's like a cousin. I think, yeah. But that I don't think she's truly – I don't think she's truly related. I don't believe so. And like that's been the big tea this week is that these Instagram posts. He's been posting. His daughter came out. She's been waiting for her father to finally divorce Megan. She's been toxic. It doesn't sound like it was ever a solid situation. It wasn't solid ground. And now there's just these shots being fired across different Instagram posts. And Nanny Carly had to like shut down her Instagram page and then bring it back up. And then her sister is on other people's Instagram trying to defend her. It's crazy. And I feel like, Megan, you've got three itties that are all young. Yeah, that is the sad part. Yeah. To, to, and the kids, are that, they're going to Google this one day and know what's happening. To take me back a level and just be a reality TV show watcher and take it away from like three small babies, um, there was Bat brought up into the news just like Carolyn Manzo predicted yeah. that something would go down with Joe Judice yep. and he'd go to jail. Play back the clip of Vicky Gunvalson, the OG of all housewives, screaming at Megan in season one, Call me in five years when you're divorced. Yeah. And I uh, think we're at that five year mark. Five years later. So we have two like psychics 
Well, and you know, in the housewives world, when Caroline was on New, uh, New Jersey, she was like the mom of it all. Yeah, and Vicky, when she was full time on OC, was the mom of the cast. And for both of them to, they, you know, they have had life experiences. Yeah, but anyway, we're going so long on the Bravo tea. But it's just if you're into Bravo, this is the perfect tea to sip. It's piping hot. It's changing every day. And if you maybe it was oolong today, <laughs> it's orange pico. I don't drink tea, but I know the names. <laughs> well, and if you didn't know about this, hopefully we introduced you to it. These are the happy hour chats we were having about it. So yeah. go, go Google it. If you have anything else to say, let us know. Okay, we got to move on. But um, speaking of drinking at a bar. Yes, yes, yes. So um, about two weeks ago, the city of Minneapolis tweeted out on sorry not tweeted on their um facebook page on kare11.com they talked about how the saloon a bar in downtown minneapolis was displaying a giant trump baby balloon ahead of a presidential rally i love a trump baby balloon moment love a trump baby balloon but Always i love funny. a viral meme better so old people on the internet should be regulated but unfortunately <laughs> and for but maybe Unfortunately for her, fortunate for us, a resident, Pamela, immediately commented and said, the saloon has lost my business and had 734 reactions to that. (laughs) One of the replies, Erica asked Pamela, were you a frequent visitor? And then the best thing in the entire world was Louise, a fellow Minneapolisian or whatever they call themselves, said, Pamela, it's a gay bar, Pamela. Like, I don't think you were actually going you just were gonna like say they lost your business but without ever researching what was going on and immediately because they were anti-trump i'm out (laughs) it's a gay bar pamela Pamela. you weren't going your knitting club wasn't there your rotary club wasn't meeting on tuesdays at the saloon you and the ladies weren't reading 50 shades of gray for the third time in your book club there you were not. Well, the best part about it, though, was like, this is, you know, this, this small town, you know, newspaper. Well, not small. Minneapolis yeah, is not a small town. Pretty big. But this newspaper, you know, puts out this story. It goes onto Facebook and the Pamela and the It's a Gay Bar Pamela. It's just one of those moments that went viral so fast. So fast. I woke up in the morning and there are t-shirts. Yeah. Featuring so- unicorns and rainbows that say, It's a Gay Bar Pamela. It, like, I it, want one in every color. I do too. I mean, I just, I just love those moments when it's like um, that community can take its own pride back. Yeah, someone gave the perfect comeback to some informed, and that's what they normally are—informed people. Yeah, uninformed, I should say. Yeah, I'm sorry, uninformed. uninformed ignorant people out here commenting well the saloon has lost my business and when someone just puts it to them so, so perfectly, perfectly it's a gay bar pamela because <laughs> and then you see the little thumbnail of pamela uh-huh. she gets Jeez. her hair set at the beauty shop once, once a, week, a week if you know what i'm saying yeah pamela's not going to the gay bar no. so i mean it's just such a perfect just zing oh yeah and then for in the morning we're already selling merch oh yeah I just I love those moments so oh much. it was as quick and as fast as the shirts that came out that said like I'm sorry Fofty you know the right. whole Fofty gate like you can get into an e-com store fast design a t-shirt make some coin um I have a nasty woman shirt the day, you know, when Trump, yeah. this 20 back, back to 2016, when Trump called Hillary a nasty woman in a debate, and, I mean, women took that and ran with yeah. it. 
And, you know, I have a nasty Girl, woman a t-shirt a that I love. My sister gave it to me. Thanks, Cor. Uh, but, you know, it's the same thing. Like, take back the ignorance from the idiots yeah. and monetize it. Woohoo! Capitalism is strong. Cannot my wait to see all of the pride parades next year. The, <laughs> the float dedicated to Pamela. The Pamela and, float. And it's it's a gay bar. It's a gay bar, Pamela. It's a gay parade, Pamela. And it's just like <laughs> Pamelas are the new Karens. <laughs> Pamela. 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 Like it's the new Karens. Okay, can we move on to a different Pam of it all? Yes, you may. Okay, there's a new podcast uh-huh. that I'm so I was yeah so excited about. Um, you guys have probably, if you've been listening to our podcast for a while, you know that Eric and I both love reruns of The Office. Love. The classic mid-aughts television show about a paper company in Scranton, Pennsylvania. Yeah. Um, so uh, we both love The Office. We watch it all the time. There's a new podcast titled The Office Ladies. Yep. Hosted by Jenna Fisher and Angela Kinsey. Uh, Jenna played Pam and Angela played Angela uh-huh. on the show. And basically, I, I love the premise of it. Yeah. So it's basically a rewind show. Totally. Where they're going back and they're watching every single episode. They're doing a bit of commentary and they're also giving us all of the inside story, behind the scenes tidbits yeah. of the show that like as a great fan you may always want to know. Yeah. So enticing and so great. I did have a little bit of a reservation, though, uh-huh. before it came out because, and I've been telling you this for years. Yeah, that's a known fact. I loved The Office when it was still on the air. I've always loved The Office. And so when they, back in the day when we all still watched DVDs, uh-huh. um, this is a very zenial thing, Yeah, that they used to sell box sets of entire seasons of yeah. television shows that you could go to Target and buy. Uh huh. <laughs> and I had all of The Office. Well, at least seasons one to five. Yeah. And, I was buying them as they were coming out. And one of the, you know, features of owning a DVD is the the special bonus content. Mm-hmm. And a lot of times on movies and on shows, they do commentary with the stars or the directors. Yeah. So as soon as I got those DVDs, I threw them in. I was reading, listening, or watching oh, everything. Them. It's so great. to the commentary. And I'm listening to the commentary, and I realized very quickly that while I love the character of Pam on The Office – I fucking hate Jenna Fisher. Mm-hmm. She just really rubbed me the wrong way with everything she was saying in the commentary. I just found her so self-involved proud of and herself. yeah, so proud of herself. Yeah, but anyway, I was willing to let that go and listen to Office Ladies. You were also excited about it. Yeah, listen to it first. And what did you think? I have not. So I think we're different Office fans. Yeah, I resisted The Office for a very long time. I did not watch The Office um, until it was about off TV and on Netflix. Why were you going against the grain? Well, as a daughter of a paper salesman and then a <laughs> paper general manager, I had a, you know, a gym for a dad and then all of a sudden I had a Michael for a dad at one point in time. I've been, I did take your daughter to work days at paper sure places. So did you think that you wouldn't find it funny or were you afraid that you would be offended that they were making fun of like oh, your dad? Option C, I was just fucking over paper. Oh, you just didn't care about paper. Just <laughs> done. It's like, fuck <laughs> off. What could be funny about it? The office lighting is bad. There are just streams <laughs> of paper in the background. There is an office manager that overlooks into like – desks and cube land the warehouse is attached and downstairs you do have a separate kitchen i can't there's an annex 
yes. <laughs> there most certainly was a massive conference room, like, off of, like, the main floor. You did have a secretary. I mean, everything about Scranton was exactly what my dad worked at at Cordage Papers in McKee's Rocks, like, you know, in downtown Pittsburgh. And so to me, no, why the fuck would I watch that? Sure. My dad was in paper for 25 years. So it wasn't escapism It was not you. escapism. He watched it, loved it, and also loved the fact that, like, the office from BBC was, um, you know, Michael Scott, David uh, Brunner, somebody. Um... The Michael Scott, Ricky Gervais. Oh, oh, yes. His character. Well, so my dad is Rick Jarvis. And so then it was like a paper salesman named Ricky Gervais. Oh, I have a paper salesman named Ricky Jarvis. Like (laughs) things just were too close. So I was out and I was not going to watch it. But when you moved in and you were like, oh, here's all my DVDs. And I was like, what? And I think I was sick one day and I was like, fuck it. Give me the DVDs. And it was like the last season on air. And I was like, I'll finally start watching it. So I'm late to the game. Yes. So I'm still enjoying learning behind the scenes things. And I don't have any animosity towards characters <laughs> and their real life counterparts because they're still newish to me in the last sure. five years. I'm just still such a baby fan. So listening to the show, I was headed out to Tampa for the night to visit friends and listen to the show and was like, oh, okay, cool. Behind the scene tidbits, but like kind of distracted driving and like not giving it every <laughs> distracted. From the show because I was driving. <laughs> there was rain. I was distracted. Um, but I don't – yes. There is, most certainly, Jenna Fisher loves Jenna Fisher. Ask her. Just ask her. She'll tell just you. Just ask her. She'll tell you. But I was still just like getting through that to learn the tidbits. And, you know, I haven't seen every episode multiple times. So yeah. I think I've seen the pilot three times. I'm still so baby new because I just keep going back and watching the dinner party episode and then like passing out at night. Guys, that's in season Every four. Every night, I know. And it's really the crown jewel. It's the crown jewel, and series. I love it so much. And I regret that I was slow on this. I know that that's my cross to bear. So, I, I hear you. I'm glad that you're on board now. I love that we can just quote the office at each other yeah. for hours, which is why we were both stoked for the podcast yeah. to come out. And I thought it was really funny and worth a rewind talk. Yeah, that you came home and you're like, the podcast is great. I listened to it the next day and came home and was like, I, I did we listen? To I didn't. The same? I, I couldn't finish it. And I, I can't. I could not stand it. And let me tell you why. Is like so. I mentioned already. Like I had, I had this preconceived notion about Jenna Fisher, but I did try to wipe that slate clean and listen fresh. And you know what? To me, and and I said this to you when we talked about it the first time. I think the big mistake was having stars talk about the show because it seems a masturbatory Mm -hmm. to me that's a word that I use to describe people who are um doing things to make themselves feel good rather than serving a purpose well masturbation right that's why something to make yourself feel good and not serving the biggest purpose that's that's why I think it's a very (laughs) descriptive yeah it's hilarious uh, you know the description fits always accurate um the the punishment fits the crime um so you know I they were – I will say that the, the the two women, Jenna and Angela, are very praiseful of their other cast members, of the writers, of their directors. Yeah. And, you know, I do love knowing that the set was a very joyful, happy workplace. Yeah. And um, listening to the podcast, though, because I've been a fan of the show as long as I have and I've listened to the commentary and I've read about it online – 
I didn't learn a new story. Yeah. So, you know, for you, I can understand that, like, you're hearing some of those vaccine stories for the first time, like, why um, the character of Phyllis is even on the show, that she was a casting assistant, and the director just found her so funny, Uh he wrote her into the show, and, um, you know, uh, the character of Mindy is... um, Kelly Kapoor. Well, yeah, Kelly Kapoor, played by Mindy Mindy Kaling, that... She was really only supposed to have a couple of lines, but then, like, they liked it. So they kept writing her in. So then she changed Kelly from, you know, a drab office girl into more of who Mindy Kaling really is so that Mindy could live in it. All that stuff is super interesting, but I already knew it. So for me, the podcast is just listening to two women talking about how fantastic their experience experience was because of them and (laughs) and, you know and they say things that just rub me the wrong way like oh yeah well I text with you know Steve Corral here and I do this there and it just makes me feel like this isn't for me this is for the two of you to congratulate each other well that's how it makes me feel that's just how it makes me feel oh I'm not taking that from you no I know (laughs) but like and then the I think the the podcast would be so much better if it were like Ken Quapis and uh, Greg Daniels <laughs> or, you know, the people that they keep mentioning who are the true helmers of uh-huh. the show, I think their inside stories would be more interesting because they could talk about how they actually casted, let's say, Jenna Fisher. And, um, I, I, yeah, to me, <coughs> you Sorry, got it, girl. You got it. What that whistle? Um, so, I don't know. So that, for me, is why, like, it just doesn't work. Yeah. But they've been everywhere with this podcast. Yeah. They were on Good Morning America. They were on Watch What Happens Live. You know, and that's the one thing I'll give them credit on is they figured out a podcast that is going to keep them in business. 100%. For bare bones, four to five years. Because one episode of their podcast is recapping one episode of The Office. How many episodes are we talking? Well, they have nine seasons, <laughs> about 20 episodes each. So yeah, right? they've got a solid catalog. Exactly. So, I hope they start bringing on guest stars. Well, they they did mention how um, a couple of people that they had spoke to or texted with <laughs> um, said, oh, I want to come on the show and really explain certain things. So I have to imagine we're going to get to a point where maybe they're not going to recap an episode, but it's going to be like, oh, hey, um, guy who played Gabe, come on and talk to us what it was like to play the character of Gabe and working with everybody and coming oh, on a pretty – one with us. Exactly. But, you know, you know, if you can't recap it, here, come in and just talk to us about being Gabe. And, you know, I think they're going to find ways to go off topic of recapping an episode and keep it going. So, like I said, I think they've got four to five years of podcasting that they signed up for. Yeah. And, you know – it's very clear that Jenna, is, Jenna Fisher, mm-hmm. is very type A and has a plan of how she wants the show to go. And Angela is kind of improving and is like, "Yes, and going over here," and it does not work for Jenna. And it's like, "Oh, no, 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 but I wasn't done with my cards yet." And Angela's like, "Hey, like, go back." Yeah. So I mean, I do think that they're still figuring it out. They're also best friends. So yeah. I mean, you know, I give them the benefit of the doubt. I will say, you're not the only office super fan who does not enjoy the show. When I was at Penn State, Rachel and her brother Noah, their family, she was like, if you need to know anything about us, one is we love Family Feud and the office two, we love The Office. <laughs> and Noah walked in and was like, listen to Office Ladies, terrible. Because he felt the same way. You didn't do anything new. I don't know anything like that I don't already know. I think Office Ladies is for me. Mm-hmm. People who are like, I'm still figuring out The Office. 
in the same way that there are so many millennials these days who are like, guys, I was watching Friends on Netflix. Funny show. And you're like, <gasps> funny show. I watched the finale in college and now I'm going to go kill myself. Yeah, no, that, <laughs> that stuff hurts. And I think it's the same with The Office and why it actually works. It's coming up on what they're... 15th anniversary or probably of when they debuted yeah the show to take a left real quick off of our you know scope for the show I've seen so many like teenagers or college-aged kids wearing friends t-shirts um like in groups when they're Uh doing like touristy stuff or whatever like in the theme parks in Orlando and you know they're doing like the one where we drank yes the one where we this so like they're fully and it's the Netflix of it all bringing Uh it back that these millennial kids are just fully in the world of friends and which I love it but I'm also like I'm looking at you you're about 20 years old and the show turned 25 a couple Uh weeks ago so even when it was it was still live on the air when you were a baby Mm -hmm. but not sure you caught the humor yeah so you know I'm glad to see that it lives on the way that it does because I love that show yeah but I'm also like how how really is an 18 year old even relating to a show where there are no cell phones until like the last season and they had the bricks uh-huh. you know what you know what I mean I do like answering machines do they know what answering machines are enough to understand the comedy of Monica needing to get in in a race <laughs> I'm breezy I'm breezy and yes like then breaking into what was his name Richard Richard's house to like get the tape back like do kids get it yeah you know keep going um um, NBC must see TV office friends ER yes so I was listening to keep it uh-huh. from crooked media and their 100th episode and they have a new oh, co-host um because Kara's out let's see a girl oh so they don't they're not doing guest hosts anymore do they name someone official they did name somebody oh, official who? it doesn't matter the, the third co-host <laughs> a woman uh yeah a black woman from like midwest Nebraska was raised Muslim um, oh, and so interesting. Yeah, she's got a really interesting, diverse background, but she's clearly very, very young. Okay. Because Lewis said something, and he's the pop, pop culture one, can always be witty with, like, a quick throw out, you know, like, I'm breezy. Uh-huh. And he was like, oh, if there's anything you need to know about me, is like, I'm a twist of, like, Julietta Margulies, but a little bit of, like, somebody else. And the girl looked at her at him, and he was like, oh, you know, like, Julietta Margulies on ER. And she's like, ah. And he was like... Oh. Must see TV in the 90s. And I was like, is ER so far removed even now? Like that? If you took a poll of 100 Americans, how many of them do you think would know that George Clooney rose to fame on ER? Eight. See? <laughs> I mean, no, Honestly, I think 30, 35%. Sure, but that's a passing, I mean, that's a failing fail grade. grade. That is a fail. Exactly. And it's just so crazy. I mean, I don't think ER is having a current resurgence is it over it ended right because that <laughs> show was on for a very long it's time it's not Grey's Anatomy it oh, has ended that's right but Hate speaking Grey's. of ER going back to my shot of the week the Disney War book that I'm listening to yeah. um, Michael Eisner it's going through this whole thing where he had just this thing up his butt that he wanted to buy uh, one of the three networks uh-huh. So ABC, NBC, and CBS CBS, were all still their own. Now, GE did own NBC back then, but they were kind of looking to offload it, which we now know in real life they have to Comcast. Yeah. But uh, back then, Eisner kind of wanted NBC, even though Disney did have, like, the wonderful world of Disney on Sunday nights on ABC. But he was kind of looking at NBC 
Um, but he got sent tapes of ER and he hated it. Is he jealous he, of George Clooney's quaff? Well, he couldn't stand it. And then a little while later, he had a heart attack. And so it just like bothered him and he could not with ER. No way. And so he did go into serious negotiations to buy NBC for a while and was like, you know, the author of the book is like, even though he still couldn't watch any ER. <laughs> but, you know, but that Thursday night block was really, you know, held down by that Friends show, Uh bringing it back to Friends, that, um, you know, and eventually the deal goes down with ABC, Yeah, but they talked a lot, like for a while in the book, had I not known like real life, I would have thought they were going to, Disney was going to buy NBC. God, would it be a totally different world? Yeah, right? It would be so insane. It would. I always thought it was so clever back in the day, you know, must see TV, that marketing slogan was so great, but then like... If you haven't seen it, it's new to you. And it's like, yeah, man, that's how that works. But that was a great marketing campaign. Well, it was. And, and it made like reruns. It, it made you want to watch a rerun. Because, oh, maybe if I haven't seen this, guys, it's new to me. You know what it was, too? And like in the 90s and the early aughts, it was way before any TiVo or DVR uh-huh. or, God forbid, sc- streaming, um, that they were naming blocks like TGIF. Yes. Thank God it's Friday on Snick. ABC. You know, yeah, Snick on Nickelodeon yeah. on Saturday night. It was appointment television. Uh-huh. You know, I remember being a kid. If my parents wanted to take us out to dinner on a Friday yeah. night, I would have major anxiety. Oh, yes. I remember very specifically. S- Sabrina the Teenage Witch. <laughs> no, the episode of Step by Step where Suzanne Summers was going to have the new baby with Patrick <gasps> Duffy. Oh, yes. Because, you know, so Step by Step was basically the 90s Brady Bunch. Yes. You know, mom and a dad, second marriage, meet each other, kids, yeah. blah, blah, blah. But then, you know, the mom and the dad actually get pregnant and they built it up all season. It was like the season finale. Yeah. She was going to have the baby. My parents were like, we're going out to dinner. And I was like, but we have to be home at 8.30 yeah. for step by step. And we were at this restaurant. And I was like, 7.45 is the check down. <laughs> Excuse me, miss. Ma'am. Ma'am. You're writing that check in the air, that like. We need, yeah, I know. I'm, I'm like eight. I'm like, we need the check. you yeah. got to get home. I will start walking. <laughs> I've got to get that's home. That's what television was. And there was no way to see it again. If you missed it, you missed it, unless you had set your VCR. Oh, and then you also, like, fingers crossed you did it right, and you didn't have that peel off. Because back in the day with the VCR, if you peeled off something, like a tiny little piece of plastic, the the VCR was no longer rewritable. Yes. And so you had to pray you put in the right VCR, like cassette. You also had to pray that you weren't taping over your parents' wedding. Did you? No. (laughs) No, that's not like, whoa. Just just an allegory. Yeah. Um, also, you had to pray that, you know, the tape was only so thin, so you could tape over VCR tape, but after like 10 or yeah. 15 times, it would just start to glitch. Yeah. It's just like, I have to, I can't imprint again. It's the 90s. What it's are you 90s. doing? You know what we had to do in the 90s? What? Be kind and rewind. We did. Oh <laughs> my God, you guys. We went off the rails having some nostalgia. That was fun, though, oh, wasn't it? But guys, I hope you enjoyed all that nostalgia, too. And we miss TJF and the Snick and, and uh, Must See TV on Thursday nights. Yes. Capping off with ER. Yes. Also good. Oh, man. And you know, right in the 90s, we did rent videos from Blockbuster and had to be kind and rewind. We had to pay a fee to rewind them. that shit. I had to. 
machine that just rewound DVD, like VHSs. Oh, we did too, because yeah. otherwise you'd have to rewind them in real time. So if you wanted to watch a movie again, <laughs> again, again, uh-huh. again. It would take a minute you, yes. in the machine, but. But about 45 in the Oh, in the God, VCR. you guys, the 90s were tough, but such a simpler time. But Come. what we couldn't do back then was drink. And have happy hour conversations. Not legally. Not legally. <laughs> <laughs> well, we hope you guys enjoyed this. We're going to post a lot for you this week, and we hope to hear from you. Um, we'll come back next week with uh, an agenda that we'll quickly throw away and get into <laughs> what our conversation feels right to us. Yes. So welcome to what it actually looks like to sit at the bar with Amy and I. If you miss us, like Amy said, we are going to post throughout the week. We are Happy Hour Rewind on all of the socials. You know nothing would make us happier and cure my cold. Like a five-star <laughs> rate and review on You're Apple such a Music. Fucking face. <laughs> Tweet us. Send us highs. Send me soup. Do what you've got to do. <laughs> but um, we will see you next week at the bar. And do not forget to be kind and rewind. Bye, guys. Bye.